Yo, 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 what's good? Thank you for coming to the House of Barf. I'm Chan Man. And before we get started, I would just like to emphasize that the content that we share on House of Barf is for informational and entertainment purposes only. We are not financial advisors and the information provided should not be considered as professional financial advice. Investing and financial decisions involve risk. And it's crucial to do your own research or consult with a qualified professional before making any financial choices. The opinions expressed on House of Barf are, are of our, our own and do not reflect the views of any organizations that we may be affiliated with. Please remember that past performance is not indicative of future results and the financial landscape can change rapidly. Always conduct thorough due diligence and seek financial advice from a financial advisor tailored to your personal needs and circumstances. By listening to this podcast, you agree that the host and in the future, if we have any guests, are not responsible for any financial decisions you make as a result of the information presented on House of Barf. Now, let's dive into today's episode. Yo, yo, yo. I know I can't afford myself. And I know. Hey. What's poppin'? Uh, just getting up. Looked outside. Snowing again. I love the snow. I'm a winter baby. What you expect? You know, believe it or not, the heat kills me. Shit, I be getting... Actually, I think it's both. It don't even matter, but... Nosebleeds and... Be passing out. Shit, I'm sorry to say, you know, people be like, oh, you light-skinned. Like, dog, man, I ain't even light-skinned. You can find me under a tree at the cookout. Now, it's just it's just where I'm at. You know, I'm, try- I'm trying to stay cool. And then around like f- 5, 6 p.m., when I finally crawl up from under that tree, and then that's when I'm ready to ball. I'm not balling at 1 p.m. I'm not balling at 2, 2.30. It's not happening. Yeah, unless we had a park with a bunch of trees. Nah, man, I'm trying to say cool. All right. I absolutely have no idea what's going on in the market right now. I uh, completely was not even paying attention at all last night or earlier this morning. Um, so I'm just getting started. Um, told you uh, I had that marketing team that wants to reach out about the the conversation that we have, the pod conversation, okay, the pod convo. Um, also, I do have a book out. The book has been published, okay. I'm, I'm excited about it, okay, and I would love the support. I would love the support, all right. It's called Langston, Mangston's Coolamade Adventure. Okay, and it's a team of us. It's not just me. So I can't act like it. I, I can't take all the credit for it. It really was a great team effort. Okay, I really care about us as parents and educators. It's only about 20 pages long. Okay, so it's not going to stress you out just to read it. If you're a parent like me, you love to read to your child. Uh, before they go to bed, am I perfect? No, okay, I want 
I don't want people to be like, ah, bullshit. You don't be reading to your kid every night. I do. I try. Um, I forgot the one that we read last night. Um, uh, and if it's really a blessing, it's when your children actually enjoy it. It's like, oh, wow. They actually enjoy reading. So, uh, I thought about it. And one of the things that kind of get to me is we pick a book off the shelf and they pick one of those good old thick ones or not even thick ones. It could be a lot of words on one page or whatever. And it's like, oh, not that one. Not tonight. Get 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 that one. Get that one. You know, and it's like, all right, that one. And then you read the book and you get through it. And it's, it's like, great. Now, I will admit, I am going to start getting more of the novels and uh, just doing the bookmark thing. All right, we're going to read up to this point, bookmark it, boom, put it back on the shelf, and we'll come back to it tomorrow. So, Because they are getting older, you know what I'm saying? So, we're going to, so, but I considered that, I thought about it. It's like, okay, this is, a, this is a nice, easy book that you can take off the shelf, you know, read it, uh, and, you know, be done. And um, one thing I've also realized from the people who have read it, which is exactly uh, kind of was my intentions was that every single time you read it, you get something different from it, you know? Uh, maybe not you as like, a, I don't know, but like the child. The first time they read it, I really think that they just want to get a glass of Kula made, you know? And then next time they read it, they find something else they like. And I, I, I believe that, I'm able to hit on that. You know what I'm saying? And then later on, we're able to touch on, oh, wow. He he actually had obstacles in front of him, you know, and, and was able to overcome those obstacles. Okay, so no, no does, does it touch on, like, interest rates and all that stuff? No. Uh, this, this is mainly for your five, six-year-old to start planting those seeds. Okay, like right now, I got a little one who asked me to download, and we were supposed to do it already. I think we downloaded it, but I didn't finish something like green.com or greencard.com or something. Essentially, uh, it took allowances or whatever to the next level. Now the kids actually have, or the children actually have a debit card. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, every time they do something good, a chore or something, you can send them a little chicken, and now they actually have the power in their hands to do what they want to do, you know, uh, so that's exciting stuff, and when I have my children come ask me for that shit, I'm like, I'm so proud of you, okay, because this is going to teach you financial literacy right now, because you know what they're going to do with the first time, and it's already happened, and I blew, I blew a gasket, I blew up. Freaking gasket out of my neck. I already gave him. And it wasn't on the green card. We haven't finished that up. But, you know, gave him the first, the first $100. Being a great parent. They were doing well in school. Whatever chores. Doing what they're supposed to do. They, they did so well. I said, here. To one of, my, one of my little ones. Here's $100. And actually, it was $100 in Robux. And... I come back an hour later, an hour later, 
I said, hey, I know you got 10,000 Robux because that's how much 100 Robux can get you. And full disclosure, I do have a small investment in Robux. It's not a lot. And when I mean a lot, I mean like an actual lot, like 100 shares. It's uh, I'm an odd lotter. Uh, it's one of those that I'm like buying, you know, periodically until I get a lot. I do that. I do that. With, I got a few of those and then I got other ones. I got a lot. Uh, I was like, I know, I know how those 10,000 Robux coming along. And uh, they're they're gone. I said they're gone. You're kidding me. All right. You got to be kidding me. There's no freaking way. I just gave that to you like an hour ago. It's like, oh, yeah, I went ahead and I got this. I got this. Man, I blew. What? Now, my dumbass didn't really realize that that's what's going to happen. That's part of the financial literacy journey. I should have been happy instead of ridiculing. Because now they get 10,000 Robux. Guess what now? I come back a month later. They still got 2,000 of them left. And because they learned. And that's where we're supposed to be at. I was listening to the guy, Neil Degrassi Tyson. And he says that is what it's about. I don't know how many children he has or if he has children or whatnot. I believe he does. I'm not sure. Um, But he's like, look. When I got that kid on the couch or something and they're about to jump off and you know that they're going to knock their head up against the wall or whatever. Well, not to this point, but he's like, I don't stop them. I let them experiment with life. I say, you go ahead. I'm like, oh, no. But guess what? That What happens? You don't raise a child full of fear. And that's what we don't want. And if you've been raised like I've been raised, we all know it. Fear, confusion. Uh, I can't remember the other ones. It's like friends who are close to you that you know, can deceive you or something. I can't remember them all. Are old tools. You know, I'm going to go there. Are old tools of the devil. So when you get on your kid and ah, don't you jump off that couch, which I understand. I understand. That's not the way we were raised. That couch costs too much money. You know what I'm saying? Right now, daddy lost his job. We ain't got no health insurance. Need you to keep it cool. I, I, look, but at the same time, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take that. I'm going to take it. Because I don't want my children being full of fear. Fear ain't nothing but the devil. Okay? Because we need somebody, a generation of people, who are going to push whatever people say, the envelope. I don't even know what that means. Okay? So... That's more so I'm going with the financial literacy. It's push it. Push it. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. Okay? You 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 got $100. You want to blow it all on one thing. All right. Cool. I don't recommend it. You know, just know you got to rack it back up. Okay? And, you know, you stretch the shit out of me because you spent that on one skin. What skin costs 10000 Robux. <laughs> oh, there's one more thing. Now, my little one's like, hey, I'm selling skins. I said, what? He said, yeah, look, I'm selling skins. So he's making skins on Robux or Roblox and selling them. So now he's about to start purchasing his own skins. And I, real quick, I've always said this to people. I'm like, look, 
I said this to people six, seven years ago. When when I'm on my shit, when I'm good, and I'm not really going through a bunch of bullshit. So, I'm not a huge shopper, but typically, I hang around a lot of shoppers. I think it's something about being an Aquarius. We attract those uh, crazy ass Gemini's. It's like now, kidding, I'm kidding, right? And from my experience, Gemini's uh, they're very fashionable. They they love to they they love to shop. They love their appearance. Okay, um, and I've always said this. Look, I know you love to shop. I've never seen you wear the same thing twice. Okay, and you're not even two chains or Lori Harvey. I don't know who is famous, but regardless, what do you do with all those clothes? And it's like, man, I know I shop. And, and I'm like, yo, no, don't go there. I'm not trying to ridicule you for shopping. More power to you, because guess what? You're shopping enough for the both of us, because I don't shop a lot. You know, like, and I need to get better at my appearance. I, I look probably 10 years older than I really am, because they're like, oh, this, oh, look at this poor bum. You know, got bums handing me cash. I'm like, what? What's this for? And they're like, oh, man, man, just so you can get a, a bus ride home or something. And I'm like, dude, no, I'm uh, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm, I'll go, but sure, you know. Um, but I tell them, look, is there any consideration? I understand the donation. Everybody's like, oh, I donate because I donate and I donate. And I get it. I got that. Good. All right. But you're consumption's funding account. You could easily take a pair of those Balenciagas or Alexander Wangs or McQueen's or whatever they are and and whatever other brand is out there. Uh, What is it? And you could easily put those online. You're not wearing them anymore. I haven't seen you wear them anymore. And start your consumption account. And once you get the wheel churning, you're going to notice you're going to bring in. I mean, look, if I sold my shit, I'd probably bring in about $500 a week. Yo shit, that's going to be bringing about 2Gs, 3Gs a week. And when I mean that, a week. Once you get in the routine, once you're like, every time you're like, I'm done with something, you're like, I'm about to post it. You know what I'm saying? But it does take about 30 days to get the root get in the routine because like you got to answer people's questions and i figured out ways i use tape measures on everything i use like um codes so that you can actually see all the details i haven't done this in months um because you know you get people who you know what i'm starting to realize man um i'm just man i don't know i'm gonna stop talking about people man because man People be going through shit, even though they like some people dr- dragged you through the mud and and then you get mad and frustrated. And then like 28 days later, you're like, yo, you know what? Um, it, It's not even no point. But what I was going to say was certain people was holding, you know, like, you know, they were very supportive in the, the best way they knew how. You know, and that's all we can do as people is just be as supportive 
as we know how. But I did have a lot of stuff. Stuff kept coming in, you know, because people are like, hey, no offense. I'm not as humbly as I can say as possible. When people find out that Chan Man's doing something, they want to hop on. No offense. I don't mean this as humbly as possible. So they find out I'm starting to do, let's say, eBay again, because that's basically what I, what I would do. People are like, oh, I got a garbage bag full of clothes. Can I bring them over? You know, once people find out I'm back to trading, you know, I was out of trading for four or five years, you know. And what I mean out of trading was I was still trading, but I was a long-term trader. I wasn't even doing shit. Put it in at the time now, at, at the time then, I believe it was the FANG uh, uh, stocks. Um, now they're called like the Magnificent Seven. Um and I was in those, I was at work, I was trying to do my compliance shit, I was trying to do the best I can, and I really wasn't focusing on trading, so four or five years, I was out the game, you know what I'm saying, not trying to make no excuse, whatever, just saying, you know, but um, yeah, and regardless, I'm starting to realize something that's very important to me is like, man, my papa tell me, you know, uh, holding grudges and anger and hate. It's like putting acid in a jar. Eventually, it's going to consume its container. You know, so something like that. I can't quote it, but it was something like that. And essentially, everyone has been wronged. And we say it in our prayers every night. And thank you, God, for waking me up this morning. Give me another chance to repent, you know. Um, But every night, we, we, we say it in our prayers. Every time we get together. Lord, forgive me for my trespasses as if we forgive those who trespass against us. And it hurts when somebody's wronged you, when somebody's screwed you. I got this marketing company about to call me in five minutes. I'm going to try to start brushing my teeth, you know. Um, But forgiveness is, I think, a lot bigger than we think, than I think, you know. Uh, it's, it's huge. It's huge. And I also learned something about forgiving myself. You know, I got grudges against myself that I got to let go. And they say, God's forgiving you, you know? Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, I've noticed, man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop talking some, some shit about certain groups of people like, uh, it's it's truly a blessing that God being a son of God, you know, it really is. It really is to be able to have the blood of Christ watching over me and my family, and my friends, as well as all of us. But to be a true believer and a, a true follower of Christ is such a blessing, man. It's just when the when the worst comes to worst, to be honest, it's really never the worst. It's normally just a trial and tribulation that you're going through. Um, and I'm not trying to sit here and preach uh, or teach. I'm just like, because you're not alone. But for people who sit there and rely on themselves when they're going through travesties, you know, I'm grown. I can get this done. Man, you just, you may not see it right away. And you may want to see it right away. You just want to be a motherfucker. Man, I want to kick him down. And then... 28 days later, 
you run into the individual or whatever, and you just realize, what the fuck happened to you? Was it that 50 Cent in high school, you was the man, homie? What the fuck happened to you? You know, like, and I got to get ready to go because I got this phone call about to come in. But yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, I'm really about to start cooling because I've been frustrated for months, you know, but uh, yeah, I'm going to, let's see how this phone call go. If I, if, you know, if I can discuss it, I'll let y'all know. I'm Chain Man, this is House of Bar. I am thrilled to introduce you to an exciting new storybook journey that I believe will capture your imagination. Allow me to present Langston Mangston's Kool-Aid Stand Adventure, a compelling short story that promises to transport you to a world of interest, excitement, and learning. The title of the book is Langston Mangston's Kool-Aid Stand Adventure by Chandler Hayes. In a world of colorful imagination and captivating stories, a new children's book has emerged to empower our young minds with crucial life lessons, life skills, and financial literacy. Langston Mangston's Kool-Aid Stand Adventure is a cheering short story written by a talented black author who understands the importance of equipping our youth in the early stages of life with the tools they need to navigate the realm of money, savings, and smart choices. Meet Langston Mingston and his imaginary best friend, Zonky, a pink elephant, two curious souls who embark on an adventure around the vibrant landscape of Wichita, Kansas, where Langston Mingston sets out to accomplish multiple goals and is met with obstacles that he must overcome. Langston Mingston and Zonky discover valuable lessons of talking about finances in the home in order to gain knowledge. Langston Mangston, with a little bit of confidence, the guidance of supportive parents, the help of community members like Mr. Tiller, and his imaginary best friend Zonky, Langston Mangston learns about the value of money and how to save, the importance of making thoughtful spending decisions, the significance of thinking outside the box when met with challenges, with money, and the joys of sharing with others. Through relatable experiences and emerging and, and engaging storytelling, young readers are introduced to the fundamental concepts of money such as earning, saving, and spending responsibly. Langston Mangston set savings goals, teaching children the importance of planning for future needs and dreams. The book celebrates diversity and the different perspectives on money, shedding light on its role in different people's lives. The characters' interactions emphasize the joys of serving others, the gift of sharing, and making a positive impact in their community. The pages of Langston Mangston's Kool-Aid Stand Adventure come to life with vibrant illustrations. The colorful and imaginative visuals not only captivate young readers, but also enhance their understanding of complex financial concepts. Langston Mangston's Kool-Aid Stand Adventure is coming soon to bookstairs and online realtors it is a must-have addition to any child's library, fostering essential life skills while sparking the joy of reading. Empower the young minds in your life with the gift of financial literacy and imagination. Join Langston Mangston, Zonky, family, and friends on their extraordinary journey of running a drink stand to set them on the path of a brighter future. Your opinion means a great deal to me. I would be honored if you would consider exploring Langston Mingston's Kool-Aid Stand Adventure and sharing your thoughts, 
Your feedback could play an invaluable role in shaping the future of this project. If you have any questions, comments, or would like to discuss the book further, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. Your support in spreading the word about Langston Manson's Coolmate Stand Adventure would mean the world to me, and I deeply appreciate your consideration. I am a passionate advocate for financial literacy. Me, um, Chandler Hayes, um, and, and am excited to join the community of storytellers. With a background in finances, I am driven to inspire children to embark on their own adventures of learning and discovery through the power of literature. Langston Mankson's Cool Amaze Stand Adventure is a heartfelt endeavor to promote financial literacy in a fun and accessible way. As a black author, I'm committed to providing children of all backgrounds with the tools for success, and I am proud to contribute to a more financially informed generation. Thank you for taking the time to explore this advertisement. And I look forward to the possibility of sharing this extraordinary literature adventure with you. Please feel free to contact me. Uh, You can reach me at the email c287gph at gmail.com. All right. Thank you. Warmest regards. Have a great day. God bless. Yo, 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 what's good? It's Chan Man House of Barf. It's 9.28 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Let me hurry up. Uh, Gotta get on the laptop and see what's popping. I don't know what's going on in the markets. Um, so, uh, just got off the phone call with, uh, that marketing team, um, I apologize. I forgot. Uh, I believe it was GHA. Let me not disrespect them because they were actually very respectable people. They were not rude, mean, you know, didn't seem like they were like, uh, you know, uh, you know, where they, you know, they take a bunch, you know, from you and then, uh, and then offer you their package. You know what I'm saying? They basically shit on you and then, uh, you know, offer you their package and you're so distraught that you're just like, man, whatever you, whatever you can do, man, just to help a brother out, man. I didn't know it was that bad, man. You know, nah, they were like, yo, Hey, I want to let you know, I want to give you some highlights and I want to give you some, some, some other lights, some low lights or whatever that I would recommend that you work on. And everything they said was pretty accurate. So, you know, when I talk shit about constructive criticism and whatnot, maybe I just, have had some bad experiences, you know what I'm saying? Like in the past. And I, and seriously, I have had some bad experiences where it was like, Oh, just, ah, this was actually, I'll say this was, it was a great meeting. They, they touched on it. They're like, look, man, to be honest with you, man, just a few things. Here, one second. Bell's about to ring. Let's, let's get it. Let's get it. Uh, let's, I'm going to CNBC.com. They're typically 50 seconds behind my bell. Intermodal is often the key to see whether trucking, which is the you kind of spot race intermodal, how strong it is. And I was very impressed by this. And these guys are very hard on themselves. They are. Okay, yeah. You also mentioned the rails positively a few moments oh, ago as hearing well. Hearing good things about Union Pacific. Hearing good things about KC. 
I'm just keeping up. Or click. Right now they're discussing JB Hunt Transport, ticker symbol JBHT. Let's get the opening bell here at the CNBC Real-Time Exchange at the big board. It's restaurant operator Pinstripes celebrating a recent listing via SPAC at the NASDAQ. Kazakhstan-based online shopping app Caspi celebrating an IPO today, Jim, as we'll keep our eyes peeled for any kind of closing high. Yeah, look, I think that your way to believe that the market is broadening, but the uh, Russell not doing anything at all, just continuing to do nothing. I, I, I like, I want to come back to a, a thesis that I'm propounding. I'm trying to get David's buy-in. I continue to see these Japanese companies kicking the tires of our country. All right, I, I, I don't think it's a tidal wave. I mean, yeah, we had a big deal for you. I have no idea what he just said. It just didn't sound good. How about a riptide? Really excited. Maybe riptide? <laughs> so be careful of riptides. Always go with them. Then you come back to shore on a diagonal. Okay, don't fight the riptide. You know, I was caught on one with my daughter when she was nine. Uh, Okay, it looks approximately, the Dow is up approximately uh, 0.35%. The uh, S&P 500 is approximately up 0.32%. NASDAQ is up approximately 0.5%. Or I believe it's like three-tenths of 1% uh, for the Dow, uh, three-tenths 1% for the S&P, and approximately five-tenths of... um, uh, uh, what was that? I'm sorry. What was it? The Nasdaq. I totally forgot already. Cause I'm moving on. Um, uh, I'm going to Bloomberg Radio. Let's see what they're hitting for. Oh gosh, come on. I listen to Bloomberg Radio on iHeart, and sometimes iHeart gives me. And I'm not talking shit. Uh, gosh darn it. Uh, I think I can just go to like the website. Sometimes I heard radio. I know, like, it just like it buffers or something. I mean, I'm just gonna refresh it. All right, let's start all over. Um, I think we're probably uh, in go. a range of around two to two and a half percent. I mean, it's important to note, as you did, that we're coming off of a very strong quarter in the third quarter. So uh, it was, I think, inevitable that the economy would buckle a little bit under its own weight. I mean, you can't sustain that kind of momentum. Yeah. But I think what's important, Tom, is that. Um, you know, that estimate you mentioned, you know, Atlanta Fed around, uh, you know, let's say 2%. I mean, that's despite a pretty significant decline uh, in inventory investment. In other words, inventories are cutting GDP growth. And so final sales uh, look pretty healthy. And, uh, you know, I think that's important because, uh, you know, ultimately uh, firms are going to replenish inventories. And when that happens, support cyclical areas of the economy. Yeah, Bob Burgess, Robert Burgess of Bloomberg News has my chart of the week, folks. It's a log regression of retail sales since time began. I think it goes back to the War of 1812. And the answer is, with the noise around the great financial crisis, the noise around COVID, with the stimulus, we've had a massive retail boom. Money question, Neil Dutta, does retail consumption sales, do they come back to trend line? Or do we need to assume at some point we see diminished consumption off long-term trend? Well, I don't think it's coming back to that trend line. I mean, absent some kind of a recession, um, you know, people tend to keep on spending money so long as the economy and employment are growing, and that's what's happening. Um, you know, I do. I mean, you mentioned a lot about the stimulus, but I really think that that's um, you know yesterday's story. I mean, ultimately, what's driving consumer spending at this point? 
is um, a revival in real incomes, right? So uh, inflation has slowed, the labor markets are steady, and as a result, uh, real incomes have been accelerating. So uh, that's ultimately what's driving consumer spending. And I think that that's poised to continue. It's one of the reasons why uh, consumers are a bit more confident. I mean, the all right, cool. Uh, let me go ahead and check out. I like to check out Schwab Network as well. as a result of it but that's got if you can look at a four-year chart you can actually see that this played out in the share uh the lady uh, the woman's discussing wayfair right now 2021 of 369 dollars a share but the company said by mid 2022 it was pretty clear that they were in a bust period and they had gone overboard with corporate hiring during COVID. So the company said it's taking these preemptive steps to go back to those core structures and be able to stabilize the business even more. But there's one pretty interesting caveat. Wayfair just cut it a bunch of jobs. It's gonna save them approximately 280 million. And so one would consider the fact that obviously you have to put things in the house. So Wayfair could possibly catch a bid when the housing market starts to move a little bit more toward the upside. So that'll be something interesting to watch in the interim. All right. Yeah, it seems like uh, when the more dire of straits you're in, the more the market appreciates you uh, making big cuts. Mm -hmm. But I've noticed that as well somewhat dire straits and uh market not appreciating their layoffs as much it's a whole different story with macy's because this department store is of course a legacy store of over a hundred years old and it's emblematic right of christmas time however they've been struggling for a much longer time you know the wall street journal says that macy's wants to close five stores they're cutting more than 2300 jobs that's around man cut them five stores workforce but this is not a surprise because macy's i will admit though when i think i'm not sure if the macy's is still open up at the mall around my way when they left if they're i, I believe they're gone the mall did look like some shit like it was like they left and then other companies left and right now the, the mall or the town center looks like some shit uh let me go ahead uh and if i was if i had bread dog man i would capitalize all right, and then one last thing I want to do is uh, check on my, my woman, uh, Amy Goodman, uh, see how she's doing. Um, what's the date today? Today is January 19th, 2024. Uh, it's approximately 9.37 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, I don't see her episode from today or yesterday. Normally, I try to stay on top of it um, on the radio, I believe. She comes on in the morning, and I do believe they may play it at night on PBS. I'm not sure. Uh, but I'm going to go ahead and go to the radio station uh, and see if she's on right now. Could be voices. at a problem. And they will say that. How do we fix this? Mm -hmm. And they will figure out, can we use demonstration? Can we? Yeah, let me see if I can find a Democracy Now. Uh, right now, what's on is, if I'm correct, uh, Climate Friday with Reverend Lennox. Uh, Yearwood and TC uh, Muhammad. Um, I'm trying to look for uh, uh, democracy now, but it's all good. Um, yeah, let me see. Um, what's it? Oh, today's Friday. Oh, yeah, beast. It's 
All right, no, no. Um, yeah, she comes on eight a.m. Okay, she's she's on from eight a.m. to approximately eight thirty. Okay, all right. So I missed her uh, episode today. Um. Ooh. Okay. I did not realize her show was only thirty minutes long. Um, I I just felt I felt like it was longer than that. Uh, Democracy Now. Uh, January, uh, 19th. Okay, I found her episode from yesterday. Let's go ahead and check it out. Welcome to Democracy Now!, democracynow.org, the Warley region. Nine people were reportedly killed in Iran, including three women and four children. Pakistan said these strikes targeted separatist militants based near the Iran-Pakistan border. The attack came a day after Iran bombed members of the Sunni militant group Jaish al-Adl in the Pakistani province of Balochistan. On Wednesday, Iran's foreign minister, Hossein Amir Abdullahian, acknowledged Iran had carried out recent bombings in both Pakistan and Iraq. Our focus is on the Iranian terrorists on Pakistani soil. Before this conversation, I discussed with my colleague, the foreign minister of Pakistan, that we respect the integrity of Pakistan. We respect the integrity of Iraq, but we will not allow them to play with the security of our country. The U.S. military has attacked Yemen for the fourth time in a week, launching ship and submarine missile strikes on Houthi-controlled areas Wednesday. The attack came a day after the Biden administration redesignated the Houthis, who rule much of Yemen, as a global terrorist group. The Houthis have been disrupting global shipping routes by carrying out attacks in the Red Sea and the Gulf of Aden in an attempt to pressure... Have y'all noticed, I'm sure y'all noticed in the market, every company's coming out like, hey, look... Just to let y'all know, uh, this war is not affecting us. We're okay. We're okay. I've, I've seen, uh, I can't, I can't, ah, uh, crap. I've seen a few companies yesterday. It was like, ah, uh, who was it? I can't remember. Ah, uh, but it may have been some gasoline companies or something I was looking at. Um, if I look up, if I see it, I'll, I've noticed companies are like, hey, hey, just want to let y'all know, uh, we're, we don't have any issues with our supply chain. Because if you remember a couple of years ago, when supply chain became an issue, stock market just damn near just crashed. I mean, I studied supply chain back in college. I did not realize what supply chain was until probably a couple of years ago when everything was crashing. I even had a couple of uh, buddies of mine uh, who had businesses, uh, small businesses. I mean, just small businesses. You know what I'm saying? And um, I was like, hey, how's your hair business doing? Or, hey, how's your, your donut shop doing? Or whatever. And they'd be like, um, yo, Chan, I'm, I'm out the game. And I'm like, you out the game? What happened? And they like, yo, supply chain issues. I mean, like, for you? I was like, see, I thought that was for Apple and whatnot. They're like, nah, man. See, some of my ingredients uh, for my uh, hair supplies or for my donuts or whatever uh, came from China. You know what I'm saying? I was like, oh. Or, you know. And, and then they started selling like the news. They are like, so... I actually got a new connect out Africa. I'm like, wow, business is amazing. Don't matter how large, how small. Here, let me see what else uh, Ms. Goodman talking about real quick. Israel to halt its bombardment of Gaza. Meanwhile, U.S. forces are continuing to search for two U.S. Navy SEALs 
who were lost at sea off the coast of Somalia last week after a group of Navy SEALs stopped a ship allegedly containing Iranian-made missile parts. In Gaza, at least 16 Palestinians, including many children, have been killed in an Israeli airstrike on a home in Rafah, which has... And honestly, that is honestly a travesty, man. Just... ...been designated by Israel as a so-called safe zone. The families killed had reportedly come to Rafah for safety after being displaced three times over the past 100 days. One relative told Al Jazeera, quote, they fled their homes in Gaza City to the Barrage refugee. I got to say, Ms. Goodman is a stronger person than me because I couldn't report this news. And it would be terrible. You would just see, even for me, you just see tissue boxes next. I couldn't do it. I'd be choking up. G-camped Khan Yunus before coming to Rafa because they thought it was safer. The grandmother of the children killed in the Israeli attack spoke outside the bombed-out house. Such a beautiful woman. When the strike happened at dawn, and I came running, I found the rubble. I went to the hospital and found all my grandchildren have been martyred. If you can see the images, there's there's blood stains all over these all over the rubble. All of them are young children. The biggest one is in second grade, and the rest are even younger. What have they done wrong? Meanwhile, in Gaza City, rescuers raced to a home where Palestinian children were buried under rubble after an Israeli attack. In this house, there's children. We're trying to get them out since the morning. With every attempt, airstrikes and rockets fall on us. Our neighbors from the Ahmad Bouli family came to help us. The first two who went in were martyred. What sin did those children commit to die like that? The number of okay, so... Um... Let me see real quick. I just want to see uh, just another couple. And, and seriously, I'm not trying to disrespect or anything. Just, I just want to kind of get the climate of something other than the markets. Because if you listen to market news, like let's go to, no, I'm just saying, let's go to CNBC real quick. Um, or here, Swab Network is on. I mean, it's had kind of a tough couple months going sideways. Earnings caused this rally drop. I mean, how much could have changed in the last three months in the energy drink business? I, I feel like maybe this is just a valuation thing the market's coming to grips with. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the valuation definitely did expand. Yeah, they're talking about uh, Celeste's energy drink. And let's go to CNBC. Inventory for Really? Yeah, there's, a, there's a, a lot of empty surrounding buildings and then about 10 square miles of emptiness, but it, it, you're going to love it. My wife loves alone. Built, you know, buying apartments because she just, just plunked down a couple of G's and pick up one of them. <coughs> I think you really enjoy being there. Uh, some of the stats today are remarkable. Uh, China and Hong Kong stocks down $6 trillion in market cap <laughs> from the 2021 So if you listen to that, stu uh, that stuff... <coughs> You will have a, a, I don't even know what you would call it. You would have a false sense of reality. You'd be like, oh my gosh, did you hear China, Hong Kong down $6 trillion? You know, I wish I had $6 trillion to lose. Or, oh man, we should go to travelers.com because we want to go to Prague. Or I don't know where people travel to these days. I need to get my traveling back up. Um, <clears throat> and it will give you a false sense. And you'll, you'll invest on their news that they're providing to you. Thinking that everything is a okay, and it's not. It's not.
it, it we, we got a lot of globalization issues going on. Um, and I will admit that it's not fun just looking at, you know, the global news and then trying to, I hate to say it, like capitalize or, or not capitalize, make strategic decisions based on your investments. Okay, so you know that there's going to be supply chain issues. So let me invest in a oil company because I know the price of oil is going to go up. Uh, I know it's bad stuff. Uh, it's I know, but it's a, it's a strategic approach to uh, the markets. Um, another thing that I'm going to work on uh uh, as well as working on my podcast, because I just got off the phone with that marketing team and they were fantastic. Uh, also, I want to take an approach on my entry points um, with the markets as well. It's not just here. Let me just go ahead and put it in this oil company, but let me put it in this oil company at this price. You know what I'm saying? Um, that's something I'm going to try to work on a little bit more in the future. Um, as far as the investments, uh, taking a quick look, you know, I don't really got much. I got Marathon Oil. Uh, today it is, um, it's down. Let me see. Mine's is down. Okay, it's down approximately uh, 0.8%. Uh, Carnival down approximately 0.2%. Uh, and JetBlue's down. Oh, is JetBlue up? No. No. No, it's down. Approximately about 3%. Okay. Uh, which is cool. Um, go in there, sell some calls if I need to, or if I have uh, any cash, probably sell a put and work on my cost basis. Uh, I'm going to work on this stuff as well as um, here. Uh, everything is about to die. I don't think I put anything on the charger last night. Um, um, let me just, I'm just checking a couple of things. Um... All right, I, I got to kind of focus on this market because things are, you know, people talk about things like, ah, oh, don't trade on Fridays. Fridays are never a good day to trade. I only trade between 930. Dude, right. Look, I'll tell you, I've had some of the craziest shit happen in the middle of the day on a Friday. And right now it appears that things are going kind of nuts right now. So I'm kind of like, let me pay attention. Um, Marathon oil uh, looks, I don't know, is it changing? I don't know. Uh, now it's down approximately about 0.4%. Um, I'm trying to pay attention because uh, I'm trying to look at my look at the contracts that are going that are out there. Uh, this is about a dollar. Okay, so we still got plenty of room and space for growth. Sorry. Okay. Uh, um, let me see. Okay. Um, okay, I'm just taking a look at different things. MasterCard, uh, appears to be doing, uh, pretty good today. It's up approximately about 1% on the day. Um, okay. Just taking a look at uh, what's going on in the markets. Uh, the indexes again. Um, let me get these up. Uh, uh, Dow Jones up approximately about 18 points. Uh, yeah, things are looking pretty good. Um, let's I'll go ahead and take a look at um, some of these market gainers real quick. I'm just trying to see what's going on. 
uh, gainers. Uh, a lot of these companies I don't even be knowing. Um, give me just one second. I'm sorry. I know this is this is stuff I was talking about with the marketing team, man. Okay, say Spirit Airlines. Whoa, up eighteen percent today. No way. Are you serious? That's crazy. They were getting slaughtered. Uh, Bullfrog Holdings up approximately about sixteen percent. Goodness gracious! And who are you? Super Microcomputer up approximately twenty three percent today. Fantastic. And Broadcom up approximately about two percent. And yesterday they had a pretty good day yesterday. If if I I'm gonna work on that Broadcom, figure something out how I can get into that. Travelers Companies up approximately about five percent. Okay, those are big gainers. Let's go ahead and take a look at some of these losers. Uh or I don't know, laggards or whatever. I don't you know, I don't want to call somebody a loser. Uh everything's about to die. Um new Netflix special. Everything is about to die. All right, uh, losers. Uh Duolingo down approximately 6%. Okay, I'll take a look at Duolingo. They're getting slot. They're about to get crushed. I don't know why, but you know, there may be a good opportunity. I know people are trying to learn multiple languages. iRobot down approximately 26%. Good lord. Damn. All right. I may take a look at you, iRobot. I may add you to my watch list to see what you're about. Um, let me see if I could add you to my watch list real quick. Um, oh, damn it. I'm going to have to create a whole new watch list because I don't want to put it in my watch list. Because uh, I don't want it messing up my watch list. I got a pretty good watch list going. Uh, I thought people liked iRobot. Uh, Celsius uh, Holdings uh, down approximately 7%. Uh, Carissa down approximately about 12%. Ticker symbol C O U R. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and go down a few more. Uh, Chegg Inc. I invested in you, Chegg. And you you didn't do me well. Macy's down approximately 4%. Chegg was down approximately 8%. Uh, let's see. Hertz down approximately 5%. That car rental thing I want to take a look at. Uh, uh, Tango Therapeutics down about 4%. Okay. All right. All right. Um, okay. Markets are moving. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, it's just, it's going crazy. It's just going crazy. Uh, I'm going to figure out what moves I'm going to make in a little bit. Um, you know, you don't want to just just be making moves, just be making moves, even if like, even if you're up on a trade, I get it, and people say, oh man, you know, you're up on a trade, but if you did your analysis correctly, you know, and, you know, you set, you can set your order types, you know, there's even things like a trailing stop order, where you can essentially just, you know, uh, trail um, your gains, and if uh, if it knocks you out, Okay, okay. One second. I'm taking a look at something. 20, okay. Is it about 20? All right. So, it's like not. All right. Uh, just taking a look at something. I see that uh, I'm trying to look at the prices of some of these contracts to see if there's anything uh, worth value uh, that it's not like shooting up um, like a star uh, so that I can. Um, Try to again. I told you I'm gonna be working on my entry points. 
Um, so I can try to work on getting good entry points. Um, all right. All right. All right. So I'm going to be taking a look at this. Uh, thank you so much. Oh, real quick. Um, give me one second. Um, all right. Yeah. I was just, I was trying to put some limit order in. Limit orders in. And you know what? One thing I'm getting better at is not chasing the sellers. If anybody's selling a contract or whatnot or chasing the open position because you're like, oh, man, this thing is about to go up or go down, whatever way you plan on doing. And you go you go chasing it. Uh, I'm like, you know what? Set, set my limit. Uh, and I saw one. I saw a contract going for like $11. I put it in a, you know, a limit to uh, purchase a contract at 11 and then it shot up to 13. I'm like, oh, shit. You know, but I could easily try to move up my 11 to 12. And then you go chasing it. And then what you notice is, is that you get into your position. And then immediately it goes against you, which is fine. But what I sometimes what I think about is there's somebody who did it correctly. As much as I'm down 500, 600, 800 bucks. There's somebody who did it correctly and they're up 500, 600, 800 bucks just because they timed it or they did it correctly. So I say, you know what? I'm going to start working on it so I could be that mofo who instead of getting the contract, let's say at five dollars, I'm going to be the one to start getting the contract at four dollars just because I put my limit order in. I wait. It comes down, locks me in and then shoots up to five, you know, whatnot or however it works. So I say, I'm going to work on that. Um. All right, so real quick, uh, the marketing phone call, because, you know, I try to be transparent and I try to share with my journey, because that's another thing that's really about House of Barf is the journey, uh, just in case, you know, somehow I got to move on and I'm not able to keep up uh, with the podcast anymore or the, the pod conversation anymore, you'll be able to see kind of the journey I went through, uh, uh, everything I went through, every, you know, everything that was done. So um, spoke to a marketing agency team about um possibly partnering up for my um my uh this this conversation that we're having and the conversation went really well i have to admit you know what i'm saying i gotta admit it went really well uh you know learned a lot you know they're like hey man you know you know you're you know you you, you got something here you do you got something here but also, it's, I mean, they, they ain't saying so much, in so many words. It's, it's very lazy. It's very lazy, man. You know what I'm saying? You're like, you're like the most secretive podcast. You know, it's like, come on, man. What are, what are you doing? It's, you know, um, it's like, you know, you're not posting it on your social media. I have like one social media platform. Uh, I don't have a social media platform for House of Barf. Uh, I don't work on my descriptions. I don't work on my titles. Uh... And, and th- it, this is not even going into editing or anything. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, like, not even touch on editing. Just simple things. Um, I seriously haven't told my family. Haven't really told my friends. You know, seriously. It's like the most secretive podcast on the planet. You know? Um, so we were just discussing just little things. I took some notes. Um, you know, uh, you know, to figure out how to make money. Uh, well, I can't even remember. But, yeah, I took some notes. Uh, it's... Uh, sorry, it was kind of scribbling, so I can't even really read it. Um, 
But they're like, hey, want to let you know, man. Like, we listened. We listened. And uh, they even told me, we're, we're your audience from France. I said, oh, oh, it's y'all. It's the marketing team. They're like, yeah, that's us. Bonjour. I said, hey, bonjour. You know, I said, cool, cool. And they're like, cool, man. We really want to, you know, we want to work with you. We want to work with you. You got something positive, something inspiring. Um, you got good, good quality stuff. You, you just need some work. And the work you need to put in does not require the marketing team yet. How about basically what we discussed? How about you put some work in these next couple months? Put in some Put in some actual effort, you know, because it's obvious that, you know, you enjoy just turning the mic on and hitting the record button. And then when you're done, just say, hey, hit publish. That's exactly how it comes off. That's exactly how it comes off. And that's exactly what I'm doing. You know, and it's like go in there, put in just a little bit of effort, just 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 a little bit. In 2024, we're already about halfway through the month of January. Um, So 2024. Uh, we say we'll circle back, you know, next quarter, sometime in March or something. And because uh, basically what they're saying, the numbers are, are they're, I don't know if it's correct, they're skewed. The numbers you're getting right now are skewed because you're not putting in any work, any effort. So you may say you're only getting two, you know, downloads per episode, you know, but we don't know that for a fact because you haven't put in any effort. You haven't put in any work. Put in some work. Let's touch base next quarter. Let's see what has changed. And then from then, we can actually determine what package that I need to purchase. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you know, it's just, you know, it's business. You know what I'm saying? Um, they dropped me off with some gems. You know, uh, it's time to get on social media, of course. One thing that I'm not a big fan of and. Uh, right now I haven't really been working out much either. And also, uh, believe it or not, I'm not proud about it. I'm not trying to boast or anything, but I actually got some haters. I really do. And I know when I hop on social media and everything, they're going to be the first people there to tell me how ugly I look and how stupid my pod conversation is and how dumb the book is. And, uh, you know, and I'm not looking forward to it. The comments that I'm not looking forward to it at all. Seriously, that's why I keep it low-key for, you know, a certain group of people, you know. Um, another thing they brought up, uh, talking points. You know, they're like, you know, we know you, you turn on the mic and you, you start talking. Um, it may be beneficial just to maybe have some talking points. There's some talking points that are jotted down. Um, I was like, all right. I, and again, I tell them I don't want to turn into another podcast. And they're like, look, we're not trying to change you into another podcast, okay? We know. We listen to podcasts too. There is kind of a formula to this, and I can't describe it. It's typically, you know, uh, microphone, headphones, uh, uh, drop down, uh, background, um, l- loudest personalities ever. Um, uh, I don't know. If you look at enough podcasts, or uh, I listen to enough podcasts, uh, obscenities uh for no reason um not saying all podcasts on that one that just might be the ones i listen to um uh it's just it's like a formula uh no matter uh if you go from joe rogan to michelle obama's 
uh, podcast, to Hillary Clinton's podcast, to Million Dollars Worth of Game. Um, there's almost, I don't know, just like a formula. And I'm just kind of trying to find my way. I'm just trying to find my journey, my path. And I think we can all help. Uh, one thing they also brought up is we're all for the industry. They said the same thing. Uh, that's what uh, the marketing team was talking about. We're for the industry. Um, so, you know, uh, you know, anything that we do, we want to make sure that we're helping the industry and that we're not just, you know, um, you know, uh, cookie cutting or creating just another. They're like, yo, we're not going to change you. You do what you want to do. You want to do the whole kind of boring, monotone uh, podcast, whatever. I'm like, yo, that's why that's why I got to keep it, because you're going to see one thing people don't understand is I believe true colors uh, will show one day. And my true colors, after I've been putting on a facade for a while, come out. And they're not pretty. You know what I'm saying? I'll have a breakdown. You know what I'm saying? Uh, that's why even when I've been going on these interviews, seriously, the way I'm talking to y'all right now is how I've been doing my interviews. I, I haven't been trying to put any chipper or, or fake chipper in my voice. You know, I've just been trying to be authentic. Just, And I know it's not the best way to interview you know what I'm saying? That's not the best way to go about an interview. The best way to go about an interview is, you know, project your voice, be loud, clear, concise, all those terms that they love to use. Um, I'm in there like, hey, what's up? I'm Chandler. What's popping? What's happening? What you been doing the last few months? Broke as fuck. Getting divorced. Losing my house. You know, trading to try to bring in income. I wrote a book. What's up? You know, so what made you apply for the role? Hey, honestly, I looked y'all up. I saw y'all had a lot of good reviews on Glassdoor. And uh, I said, okay, if the employees uh, like the CEO and if the employees like the culture, I'm down. You know, and y'all were pretty high up there. So y'all were like a four out of five. And from where I come from, that's pretty good. You know, I've worked for a few three out of five companies, and they were three out of five companies. And so if you're a 4.5 or something, I'm... I'm down. And if, you know, 90% of your employees support the CEO, I'm down. And they're like, okay, great. All right. You've done some research. I'm like, of course. You know, I, I look, I'm not trying to sound like, uh, you know, but I'm a victim or anything, but dog, I've been through some, some kind of bad situations and I'm not looking to go back to another one. All right. So I'm a little, even right now, I'm still a little tender about getting back in the office because Man, I just got out of an office situation that was bad. It was terrible, you know, uh, for me. I'm not saying for everybody else, but it was not fun. Um, uh, that's why I'm a little hesitant about constructive criticism, uh, because when I was getting criticized, I don't even feel like it was just me being criticized. I feel like it was my character. It was me as a person, me as a man, my family coming out of those meetings. You know what I'm saying? It didn't feel like it was just about the work. You know, it felt like they're like attacking me, you know? Um, and you're in this position where you can't do shit. You have to just sit there and smile and laugh. If you even raise your voice a little bit, that shit is going in the paperwork. It sounded like one time he his octave got a little bit, you know, and it's like, yo, I'm just supposed to sit here and get butchered. So even when the marketing team called me, I was a little hesitant because i'm like man i've been through these constructive criticisms before you know um people usually just go at me you know what i'm saying i'll say this man uh i'll say this man they didn't they didn't try to tear me down they didn't 
And honestly, they seemed genuine. They they weren't just after the dollar. Uh, it's snowing like crazy out here in Maryland right now, which I love. You know, I, I said, you know what? Let's circle back in a couple months, uh, and let's let's see what can happen. I'll try to put in these next couple months. I'm gonna try to put some effort in. It's gonna be tough because I also like to do my research um, uh, during when the market's closed. Uh, that's typically when I do like my research. That's when I typically try to get my plays together of what I'm going to get into the next, uh, the next session, the next time the market's open. Um, you know, so, uh, so to try to get my research done and, and right now I don't have a lot of capital. So my research does not equate to my capital. I think that's what a lot of people may think is that if you have a lot of capital, you need to do a lot of research. That's what people make a mistake on is that people will see me researching companies when I'm not even day trading, not when I'm not even trading, when I'm not even interested in trading in this company. You know, I'm looking at this company in Argentina right now, ticker symbol M-E-L-I. I can't even afford it. I'm looking at a company right now called Booking, uh, Booking.com, Booking. Yeah, um, I'm looking at Booking, uh, ticker symbol B-K-N-G. I can't afford it. Um, doing the research on it. I'm not even trading it. You know, I may not even trade uh, the companies I have in my portfolio. It could be for another month or two, months. It could be months for I trade. But people will see that, oh, you're watching CNBC. Oh, you're doing all this. Oh, you must be a day trader. Nah. nah. I mean, right now I may be day trading because I need to try to generate some income. Uh, but I got some companies, their contracts, no offense, suck. Their contracts are like, you know what? Let me get, let me see if I can, I'm going to go in there in a little bit and try to get a contract. Um, cause I wouldn't even mind if I just made $6 today on the contract, uh, the market closes in about six hours. So that would be a dollar an hour. Uh, let me see if there's any contracts going for like five, $6 that I could make today. Um, it'd be beast. Uh, let me see real quick. Uh, so MRO, uh, marathon oil. Let's see if they got any, um, and yes, would it be a gamble? Yes, it would be. Um, like they got one saying that uh, MRO won't go above $22. Right now, uh, it's approximately January 19th, uh, 2024. It's approximately 10, 12 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And right now, MRO is at $22.12. Someone's selling a contract saying that it won't go above $22.00. Uh, for about $20. Now, I'm going to go to the chart and take a look at MRO. And MRO looks like it's been going down. But, you know, um, uh, you know, you just don't want to play with it. Because it, uh, if I'm correct, support levels are at 2198. You know what I'm saying? So I would be stressing out. Uh, and I'm not sure if that's correct or not. But if I'm correct, support levels appear to be around 20, around 20. 201 2198 you know oh my goodness uh so you know i don't know because it could hit that support level and turn back around uh so i'm not gonna play with that contract um so then i got another company uh carnival let me see carnival okay i already got a contract sold on them Ooh, i could actually uh, that contract looks like it's gonna expire uh, worthless. Uh, sold the contract for approximately $11. And right now it's uh, up approximately about 80%, which means I have about $8.34. Uh, 
of that. And I could close that out right now. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and just let that expire worthless. Uh, I'm going to reevaluate that again. Um, so the only company I can really sell a contract on right now is MRO because JetBlue. Actually, I got one contract left on JetBlue because I have three lots on JetBlue. Uh, so I got one contract on JetBlue I can sell, which I was selling puts on JetBlue. Um, I might be able to sell a call. Oh, goodness, JetBlue's contracts are are awful. Uh, I'll take a look at all this stuff later. Uh, I'm going to try to get a couple contracts sold uh, today. But yeah, yeah, the meeting with the marketing team, man. It went well. It went well. I told them, look, we'll work together again. Um, we'll circle back. Uh, I'm not going to leave y'all hanging. Uh, kind of one thing they were kind of like is like, look, man, you know, because they were like, yo, we're for the industry. We're not about just, you know, trying to make money and everything, which is that's what they're about. But they're like, yo, we're also about the industry. So we we dropped you with a lot of gems. You know what I'm saying? Um, you could work with us or you could just run off with the information we gave you, you know, uh, because we they want to make the podcasting industry. They're like, oh, we care about this industry. And I said, you know what? I knew a couple people like that. They would go work for a company like one of those. I forget what they call them, multi-level uh, marketing uh, companies. They'll go work for the company. They'll work for the company for a couple months. They'll go into the meetings, you know, they'll get a meeting and say, hey, I want to let y'all know I'm quitting. And then the people say, you're quitting? No way. You can't quit. You're fantastic at what you do. And they say, all right, well, if you think I'm so fantastic, pay me. And they're like, no, no, whoa, 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 no, no, we're not saying that. We just don't want you to quit. And they're like, well, then pay me. You know, and they're like, well, if you don't pay me, I'm going to quit. And then they say, and when I quit, I'm going to go open up my own office. Like not even, not with the same company, their own. And they're going to take everything that they learned in the last few months. And they're going to implement it in their new company. And I'm like, ooh, ooh, that's bold. You know, <laughs> like, and I've known a couple of people to do that. And um, even though they may be associates of mine, it did make me look at them a little differently. I mean, one, killer instinct. I love it. Two, damn, you always got a plan. You know, like, damn, is there, like, anything you do that you just do? You know, like, damn, like, I got to watch out for you. you keep, just keep a close eye on you on anything, on everything, because you... You got that, uh, you got, you got, a, you got that mind, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, you very, uh, I, I'm kind of weary of them individuals, uh, even though great people, they reach out to me. They actually enjoy the market as well. Those are some of the people that call me just to be like, Hey, I'm looking at, you know, whatever it is, another company I can't afford, Broadcom.com. You know what you think? Hey, I'm looking at Bank of America. What you think? You know what I'm saying? I say, yeah, let me take a look. So that's kind of where we connect. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I said, you know what? Look, you already reached out to me. Okay. You reached out to me. Okay. Uh, you've already done some work. They showed me some of the analysis they did on some of my episodes already. Just, I mean, it was real basic. I mean, not, I don't want to say basic. I don't want to say that. But, you know, real generic stuff. Because also, they got to protect their interests. I'm pretty sure their analysis can go a little deeper. Possibly, I'm not sure. 
But they probably just like, here, just give them this much. You know, this is, we can at least do this for free. You know what I'm saying? Um, or complimentary or whatever. Uh, and I was like, look, I'm not that type of person. They're like, you could take this information, run off, do it on your own. Um, and not even have to deal with us anymore. And I was like, nah, that's not the type of person I am, man. You already did the work. You put in the effort. It'd only be right if I uh, compensated y'all somehow. Matter of fact, even to an extent, I was even like, is there anything I can do for y'all today? I really appreciate the effort y'all put in already. I mean, they sat there on the phone with me for about 30 minutes talking about my podcast and and put some analysis together on it. Um, you know, I'm like, yo, is there anything I can do for y'all today? And they're like, hey, how about this? You want to do something for us today? Take the information we gave y'all, gave you, implement it the next couple months, get some actual numbers. Get Try to get some real numbers of what people are, what they're doing with your podcast. Try to get some real numbers and circle back with us in a couple months and fool with us. And I'm like, okay, all right. So right now, y'all, I'm not trying to make excuses. I'm on the fucking grind right now. I like, I'm not trying to keep talking about it. I got the legalities going on. I mean, I'm dead serious. Uh, recently, um, uh, you know, some some friends of mine, some family friends of mine or whatever, saw kind of like how my schedule is. A lot of people don't really be knowing I'm up to it. As, uh, all of us. People don't really know what we're up to behind closed doors. They really don't know what I'd be up to. You know, uh, they're just thinking like, oh, you know, uh, he's in the house. He's working on his podcast thing or whatever. But when you really get around somebody, when you get into their territory, you realize like, oh, crap. So they don't really realize like how many phone calls I'd be getting daily. You know, it's like, hey, Chan, uh, did you did you get the answer to those inauguratories or whatever? Oh, yeah. I'll make sure I get those done. Hey, Chan, did you get those responses done? Hey, Chan, we need you to be somewhere February 16th. Hey, Chan, we need you to be somewhere right here. And like people don't really be realizing that stuff. And I had somebody around me uh, was it yesterday just talking about it is about to give me a heart attack. Seriously. Sorry. I, like I felt it like just talking about it. It started making my heart pump because um, it's constant. It's constant, you know. Um, and somebody was like, yo, I'm about to get you a calendar book, dog. Like, yo, you be having like appointments like you be having stuff going on i'm like yeah this shit ain't fun man this shit ain't fun it got the interviews lining up got the legal issue the things lining up um i'm doing trying to do my trading uh just various things and uh oh not even to mention the personal stuff family and friends you know what i'm saying i got birthdays coming up uh field trips gotta start getting prepared for uh all that stuff all of it and, and, and it doesn't bother me. It really doesn't. It really doesn't get to me. It's actually kind of getting to me right now talking about it. It's like, oh, you know. Um, but I said, you know what? I'm going to find some time during my days where they even told me how many episodes. I've I seen it on Spotify. It's like 250-something. They even told me, y'all, you have about 255 episodes, 56 episodes or something. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. And they're like, look, just if you can, try to go back. And it's about 11,000 hours, if I'm correct. I can't remember. Is it 11,000 hours or minutes? or I can't remember. I think it's 11,000 hours or something like that. I don't know how much it is. But um, of content created. And go back 
listen to it, fix your titles, fix your descriptions, post it on social media, and that's not even part of the marketing package. That's stuff that I was supposed to already be doing. The marketing package was supposed to take it to the next level. So I want to say thank you so much to my French connection, you know, <laughs> um, that's a, that's a Beth, but shout out to my French connection. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Uh, that's the marketing team. I'm not going uh, I'm not sure if I should put their names out and everything out there. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's what happened. Um, be working with them. Um, and, uh, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. I don't know. You never know how these things could go. Okay. I could end up, uh, I don't want to talk bad about them or anything, but I could end up paying for their services. And the next thing you know, uh, they, they run off with the funds or whatever. You never know what might happen. Okay. Uh, but I will say in business and in relationships, personal life, whatever, I, at some point you gotta be vulnerable. I, yeah, I, I believe in it. I, I, I don't believe that you can actually be, I could be wrong about this. You know what I'm saying? I don't think you could actually be a good business person that is in control of everything. I think at some point, you have to be vulnerable. And at this moment right now, I say, you know what? I'm going to be vulnerable. I'm going to be open. If this is going to cost me, you know, let's just say, for example, $500 a month, I, I, I got to try it out. You know, I may try it out. And we'll just see where it goes. And if I blow $500 trying to be vulnerable and open, who knows where that might lead me to? So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to be vulnerable in this aspect. For example, when I say like relationships, you can't really be in a relationship and not be vulnerable. Just be on top of everything. Where you at? What you doing? Blah, blah, blah. You know, like at some point you actually have to let go and just say, hey, uh, for example, I, about a couple of years ago, I was working on my health. Uh, when I was working on my health, I kind of wasn't leaving at the time I was in an apartment. I wasn't leaving my apartment. And it's like, yo, you really can't work on your health. And just be in your apartment. At some point, you got to get out. You can't really be, not, I don't say healthy, but you really can't be healthy if all you do is prepping your meals every day, sticking to your calories every day, sitting in your apartment. The real test is when you socialize and get out in public and you say, hey, we're all going to go to the movie theater. Do you want to join us? And you say, hell yeah. And when you get to the movie theater and you see those chicken tenders with the honey mustard, or the barbecue sauce, and it's that good barbecue sauce, and it's that good honey mustard, and those good hot french fries, and the good fruit punch, you know, from the machine, like, like the good shit, and you say, you know what, uh, nah, I'm okay, you know what, or I'll just take um, three chicken tenders, a handful of fries, and a small cup, and that's it for me, you know what I'm saying, and then when everybody leaves after the movie theater and heads to the lounge, that you're like, you know what, I'm okay. Or I'll have one shot and that'll be it for, the, for me for the rest of the night. Or I'll have one, uh, one tall glass and that'll be it for me for the rest of the night. And, and you, rem you, know, you stay on top of it, you know. Um, so that's kind of how it is uh, for me is, okay, people are obviously showing interest into your podcast. Um, uh and some people want to put some effort in. Uh, I can't just sit here in the house just doing the podcast. Now it's time to get out and socialize and still have some self-control. So 
going to try to open up, be a little bit more vulnerable at this. Got the constructive criticism. I'm going to take the advice. Now I got to implement the advice uh, and see where it goes. So thank you so much to everybody who decides to stop by and kick it with your mans. I appreciate it. I'm Chan Man. This is House of Barf. Blah! I am thrilled to introduce you to an exciting new storybook journey that I believe will capture your imagination. Allow me to present Langston Mangston's Coolamade Stand Adventure, a compelling short story that promises to transport you to a world of interest, excitement, and learning. The title of the book is Langston Mangston's Coolamade Stand Adventure by Chandler Hayes. In a world of colorful imagination and captivating stories, a new children's book has emerged to empower our young minds with crucial life lessons, life skills, and financial literacy. Langston Mangston's Coolamade Stand Adventure is a cheering short story written by a talented black author who understands the importance of equipping our youth in the early stages of life with the tools they need to navigate the realm of money, savings, and smart choices. Meet Langston Mingston and his imaginary best friend, Zonky, a pink elephant, two curious souls who embark on an adventure around the vibrant landscape of Wichita, Kansas, where Langston Mingston sets out to accomplish multiple goals and is met with obstacles that he must overcome. Langston Mingston and Zonky discover valuable lessons of talking about finances in the home in order to gain knowledge. Langston Mangston, with a little bit of confidence, the guidance of supportive parents, the help of community members like Mr. Tiller, and his imaginary best friend Zonky, Langston Mangston learns about the value of money and how to save, the importance of making thoughtful spending decisions, the significance of thinking outside the box when met with challenges, with money, and the joys of sharing with others. Through relatable experiences and and engaging storytelling, Young readers are introduced to the fundamental concepts of money, such as earning, saving, and spending responsibly. Langston Mangston set savings goals, teaching children the importance of planning for future needs and dreams. The book celebrates diversity and the different perspectives on money, shedding light on its role in different people's lives. The characters' interactions emphasize the joys of serving others, the gift of sharing, and making a positive impact in their community. The pages of Langston Mangston's Coolamade Stand Adventure come to life with vibrant illustrations. The colorful and imaginative visuals not only captivate young readers, but also enhance their understanding of complex financial concepts. Langston Mangston's Coolamade Stand Adventure is coming soon to bookstairs and online realtors. It is a must-have addition to any child's library, fostering essential life skills while sparking the joy of reading. Empower the young minds in your life with the gift of financial literacy and imagination. Join Langston Mangston, Zonky, family, and friends on their extraordinary journey of running a drink stand to set them on the path of a brighter future. Your opinion means a great deal to me. I would be honored if you would consider exploring Langston Mingston's Coolamade Stand Adventure and sharing your thoughts. Your feedback could play an invaluable role in shaping the future of this project. If you have any questions, comments, or would like to discuss the book further, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. Your support in spreading the word about Langston Mingston's Coolamade Stand Adventure 
would mean the world to me, and I deeply appreciate your consideration. I am a passionate advocate for financial literacy. Me, um, Chandler Hayes, um, and and am excited to join the community of storytellers with a background in finances. I am driven to inspire children to embark on their own adventures of learning and discovery through the power of literature. Langston Mangston's Coolamay Stand Adventure is a heartfelt endeavor to promote financial literacy in a fun and accessible way. As a black author, I'm committed to providing children of all backgrounds with the tools for success, and I am proud to contribute to a more financially informed generation. Thank you for taking the time to explore this advertisement, and I look forward to the possibility of sharing this extraordinary literature adventure with you. Please feel free to contact me. Uh, you can reach me at the email c287gph at gmail.com. All right. Thank you. Warmest regards. Have a great day. God bless.